Hello and welcome back to Practicing Human. This is the podcast where every day we're practicing getting a little better at life. I am your host, Corey Mascara, and in today's episode, we are going to be talking about what it means to actually sit with an emotion. More to come on that in a moment. First, let's settle in with the sound of the bells. And today, bells is plural because it is Two Bell Tuesday. We forgot about it last week. I forgot about it last week. So today we have two bells to settle in, making it a little bit of a longer meditation. So I'll ring them. You listen with your full presence and attention. So today's episode is informed by a question I received from one of our listeners. I'll share that question with you now. Hi, Corey. I have a question for you. Everyone suggests to sit with my feeling emotion. What does it mean to sit with a feeling without judgment? FYI, I'm someone with an anxiety disorder. So how do I know I'm sitting with a feeling and not actually dwelling on my anxious thoughts. What does building curiosity for a feeling look like? So this is a great question, and there, there are two parts of it, to it. Uh, what, what does it mean to sit with a feeling without judgment? And also, how do we know when we're actually being with it, feeling it, uh, and not dwelling on it, not dwelling on the thoughts around it? So let's start with the first piece. What does it mean to, to sit with a feeling without judgment? Because you've probably heard that in, you know, if you're in mindfulness or meditation spaces, contemplative practices, or even just general personal development. And if you've been listening to this podcast, you've heard phrases like that before. Just sit with it. Just be with it. Just observe. Just notice. <laughs> Sometimes it can get a little annoying. And I try to catch myself when I use that uh, too frequently or in such a way that just uh, presumes everyone would understand what that means. But it's not something that we readily understand unless we've been doing this work for a while and that terminology has more practice or context behind it. So the, the first thing I'll say is uh, I would re-listen to episode three on mindfulness and then also episode four on meditation. Now, I'm not going to just refer you back to previous episodes to give you an answer here. But the reason I say that is because... Um, the description of mindfulness in that episode, I think, does a pretty good job of talking about what it means to be in relationship to an experience without judgment. And as you'll notice in the definition I provide of mindfulness, uh, I don't actually use the term non-judgment. So my working definition is the, the practice of being with versus in an experience in a way that is spacious, curious, and heartfelt. Now, in nearly every definition of mindfulness, you're going to hear uh, the word non-judgment being used. The classic one with John Kabat-Zinn, 
capacity uh, or the awareness that arises from paying attention on purpose in the present moment non-judgmentally. And the the insertion of non-judgment is, uh, I think, very important in any definition of mindfulness, and it's pointing to something very important in uh, what a moment of mindfulness aims to cultivate. The reason I don't include it in uh, my definition of mindfulness and really in my languaging too much when I'm teaching is because I think it could be very hard to actually inhabit a space of non-judgment. And that quality of non-judgment that we're pointing to can be better accomplished by focusing more on curiosity. So curiosity as a mind state is uh, more active, has more structure to it, is often easier for us to uh, employ in any given moment, makes more sense, uh, and inherent to curiosity is non-judgment. A curious mind state doesn't have an agenda. It doesn't perceive something as right or wrong, good or bad. It just seeks to understand. And that, that seeking to understand, to be with, to play with, to get to know, is what we're cultivating in a moment of mindfulness and is what it means to sit with a feeling without judgment. In general, when we're talking about sitting with something without judgment, we're talking about making space for it, not pushing it, not grasping at it, not making it wrong, just simply getting to know this experience. The quickest way to do that is through curiosity. It brings us closer to the experience. It doesn't make the experience wrong. It presupposes that the experience is safe to be with. Curiosity, if you were to bring any quality of mind into your world and not have to think about anything else, it would be that, at least to me. It accomplishes so many things in the context of presence, in the context of learning, growth, development, and just general well-being. So if you did nothing more than bring curiosity to these feelings or emotions, whether you're sitting, standing, walking, in your meditation practice, outside of your meditation practice, you would start to accomplish what we're pointing to when we say sitting with a feeling without judgment, just getting to know it as if you were getting to know a friend. Now, as we move into the second part of this question, right? The second part was, FYI, I'm someone with an anxiety disorder. So how do I know I'm sitting with a feeling and not actually dwelling on my anxious thoughts? Yeah, so that's a a really good question. And my heart goes out to you around that because I know in the early stages, it can feel very confusing and soupy. Uh, And we get all of this information and instruction to just be with something and then we start being with it but it can actually feel more intense and our mind starts spiraling and it's like am I doing this right am I doing it wrong and uh, it's just it can be confusing and tough so um, the first thing I want to say is just thanks for the willingness to ask the question and I'm sure there are a lot of you who are listening that resonate with this in the context of Mindfulness toward anything, you know, how much of it is just being with the experience, making space for it versus like indulging in it or dwelling on it. That's um, that's something I think for a longer series and something I will talk about later in the podcast, like the very subtle details of that. But for now, in with this question specifically, 
how do I know I'm sitting with it and not actually dwelling on my anxious thoughts? Well, there is going to be a distinction between the thoughts and the feeling. And that's the first thing I would start with, is see if you can begin to identify, right? What is, what is the anxious feeling? And the, the way to do that is drop into the body. Where do you sense it? Is it in the chest? Is it in the belly? Is it in the feet? Is it in the hands? Is it in the face? And then once you have a general location of it, which could be throughout the entire body, what are its qualities? Is there heat? Is there tightness? Is there tingliness? You know, all of it will reduce to some sort of sensational experience, which can be liberating in itself just to see that, oh, this thing that has so much control over me, it really just like kind of feels like pins and needles or tension or tightness. And once we see those subtleties, we go, oh, I can be with that experience without being totally overwhelmed by it. It's almost like it loses its power. Um, so that would be the first thing, starting to see the what what is the feeling and how is that separate from the thoughts. And when we're talking about sitting with something without judgment, um, we're, we're talking more specifically uh, about about the feeling, or at least in this case, about like the bodily sensation. Uh, my deduction from this is that we're talking about anxiety specifically. So for that, when anxiety comes up, it would be dropping into the body and bringing a curiosity to where is this anxiety right now? What is it doing? And what is it like for me just to bring a playful, childlike curiosity to it? almost like I, I was an objective observer. I was kind of like stepping out of the anxiety and looking at it and getting to know its edges and how it moves, how it dances, how it shifts, how it takes control, how it convinces us of something, right? What, what is that, that feeling, that energy? Uh, and I dropped the curiosity directly into that. Now, you'll notice that the thoughts will come up and the thoughts could be anything. It could be the, the, thing that was triggering the anxiety in the first place or the thoughts could be oh this isn't working or mindfulness of the body just it's making me more anxious or I don't like this or I need to be thinking about this and when you notice those thoughts just give them a gentle hey thoughts hey I know you're there don't worry I still take you kind of seriously I, I, I won't forget about you you want to make sure that the thoughts don't feel like they're being resented because they're just trying to help you, right? Those thoughts are coming from a place of trying to serve you. So if we start saying like, screw you thoughts, get out of here, the thoughts are going to come back because they want to, they really want to make sure that they're heard so that they know, you know, that there's something to pay attention to. So you just give them like a high, uh, like, oh, hey thought, I know you're there. Right now I'm just going to focus on the body, but I'm not forgetting about you. And it's like a, a clever little way to uh, redirect the attention. Then you come back into the feeling, the experience. The mind will wander off into the thoughts again. You just bring it back into the feeling, the sensations. And usually what happens when you drop the attention into the sensations uh, for more and more moments and less into the thoughts, the thing that was activating or triggering the sensational experience, in this case the anxiety, starts to subside. And that's one of the reasons why bringing awareness to the body or the early sensations of a panic attack can help it from building and proliferating. It's why it's helpful with anxiety, uh, anxiety disorders, to catch it early on and just drop into the body so that we're not uh, fueling those thoughts. It's something that takes some practice, but the more we can notice the thoughts and then drop back into 
okay, what is this experience right now? Just being in my body, holding it, not fighting it, not resisting it, just allowing it. That, in some twisted uh, logic of the universe, tends to make the experience subside. We've all had the experience also of pushing against those things and they make it worse or it adds more tension. So the logical thing to do tends to seem to be uh, fight it or turn the attention away or try and get rid of it. And if that worked, I'd say more power to us. Great strategy. It just tends to not work that well and adds extra tension. So uh, this is not to say that we need to just totally feel fully every experience in every single moment. There's a time and a place for turning our attention away from something, especially when we need to compartmentalize or we're at work and we can't feel something full on. But when you want to practice like very deliberately holding space for something, uh, just being with it, feeling it without judgment, drop into curiosity and specifically drop into curiosity within the body at the level of sensation. So I hope that makes some sense. We'll build out some of the nuances of, of that, the distinctions between dwelling in something versus holding space for it, because it is a, it is a tricky area. Um, and that's because different contexts call for uh, different approaches. So more to come on that, but it's a daily podcast. We got lots of time and, uh, hopefully this helps you a little bit on your journey of practicing human, at least for today. So thanks for your time. I'll talk to you soon. And until then, take care. Before you go, just a reminder in the after party, as I mentioned yesterday, we're going to be talking a lot more about the book. What we uh, discussed today has a lot of overlaps with uh, two big chapters in the book. Well, three, a whole chapter on mindfulness and meditation, a chapter on allowing, so making space for more experience, and what is it like to hold an experience without indulging in it. And also a full chapter on curiosity that, that might might be, uh, well, it's definitely up there as one of my favorite chapters. So that's all in Stop Missing Your Life, How to Be Deeply Present in an Unpresent World. Main reason I'm bringing it up again is because we still have uh, about $300 worth of bonuses that you get access to for one more week if you pre-order within the next week. Those go away December 30th, 31st, so I want to make sure you get them. Just go over to StopMissingYourLife.com. You could get the book in lots of different formats, hardcover, Kindle, audiobook. It's all there. So, um, so definitely check that out. This is the opportunity to get those resources. And if you're not part of our Facebook group, make sure you head over to Practicing Human on Facebook. Request to join. We'll accept you and uh, you'll be in. So that's all for today in the after party. Hope to talk to you tomorrow. Until then, take care.